Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Chuck Christian, VP of IT and Engagement with Indiana Health Information Exchange. In this segment, Christian talks about how regional exchanges are sending and receiving ADTs to give physicians real-time access to data, why exchanges should be used in complement with models like Commonwealth rather than as replacements, and why he believes the problem isn't a lack of standards but the absence of one standard. Hi, Chuck. Thanks, as always, for taking some time to speak with us. Hey, glad to do it. Uh, always glad to do it. So it's been a little while, and obviously uh, quite a lot's been going on with IHI. So I'm not uh, <laughs> sure where's a good place to start, but I, I did see the piece about the, the three HIEs reaching the long-term agreement. So um, maybe we could start with that. Well, one of the things we've been we've been doing is, you know, we've been collaborating with uh, the other HIEs around us and have been for quite some time. The Michiana uh, Exchange, which is uh, uh, right around South Bend, uh, and then the Health Collaborative, which which HealthBridge is part of in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. we're moving data uh, back and forth to both of those every day. And the, the other thing that we're doing, and I may have talked about this before, uh, is a thing uh, through Chic, which is uh, a, a trade association for HIEs in the country, and SHEIC stands for the Strategic Health Information Exchange Collaborative. And so it's about 52, 53, and it's growing every day, of sustainable HIEs throughout the country that we work together on common things, even though that we're not all just alike. Uh, that we, there are similar things that we need to address, and so we're kind of doing some stuff together. So we have this thing called Patient-Centered Data Hum and it allows the data to move wherever the patient goes. Mm-hmm. Since it's May and the Indianapolis 500 will be here before you know it, I'll use that as an example. Say if somebody from East Tennessee came to Indianapolis for the race and for whatever reason unfortunately wound up in one of our emergency rooms in Indianapolis, that ER physician would only know what that patient or their family member could give them from a history standpoint. So now what we can do is we have seven HIEs in what we call the Heartland Pilot, and East Tennessee happens to be one of those. When that that patient hits the emergency room, say, at one of our hospitals in Indianapolis, we'll get that ADT transaction for the admission, and then we will look at it and say, hmm, that patient is not from here by looking at their zip code. And we'll say, okay, that zip code is in East Tennessee's region. And so we'll query the exchange in East Tennessee and say, do you know this patient? And if you do, give me a clinical summary. And so they'll say, yeah, we know this patient. They'll bundle up a clinical summary, send it back to us, and they will present that in the patient's record for the ER physician to look at in real time. Now, at the end of their visit in the emergency room, you know, the goal is also, you know, for us to bundle up a clinical summary and send that back to their home HIE so that their attending physician or their primary care physicians uh, in East Tennessee will have the advent of whatever care that they had here while they were in Indianapolis. And so the the concepts uh, of just using the patient's um, zip code is, you know, I don't know why we didn't stumble across it sooner, but it's just so simple uh, to, to do that. It doesn't require a massive record locator service or it doesn't require 
um, anything other than us keeping up with what zip codes are in what exchanges that we need to ask for. And we're using the standard uh, transaction sets and the backbone of the eHealth exchange to do all this. And that's the same thing that most of the HIEs in the country are hooked to already because we exchange data with the Social Security Administration and the VA through that mechanism. And so it's it's no great uh, push to do that since we've all been onboarded to that and we're already uh, successfully exchanging data that way. It's just another transaction that we're using. Okay. And then you refer to it as a pilot, so it's still in uh, in pilot phase at this point. Well, I mean, it's it's an operation, uh, and we're exchanging a lot of ADTs right now. Well, a couple of the exchanges are changing their technology stack. They're changing their vendors out. Um, and we're not in full. Uh, all seven of those are not connected yet. But those of us who are able to go ahead and do ADTs, we're doing that right now. Uh, and then the, the clinical summaries will come uh, very, very soon. So it's, it's just a matter of we wanted to hold until all seven of the exchanges are, are on board. We may not be able to do that because of some delays that one or two have had. So we're, the rest of us are just going to go ahead. Okay. All right. So you said the clinic, clinical summaries is kind of the next thing. So yep. this is, you just see it, foresee it, uh, you know, just incrementally evolving as everyone can kind of get on board. And, and there's two other pilots going on in the country right now. There's one out in Oklahoma, centered around Oklahoma and Arkansas, and then they're adding uh, other HIEs. And then we have uh, one in Colorado and Utah and Arizona. So our, also our next step while we're doing the regional ones is we're connecting those pilots. We're working on the technology to connect those pilots together mm-hmm. so we can – if you look at Colorado, where does a lot of people go ski? They go ski in Colorado, they go ski in Utah, and they come go from all over the country. And so if you look at the map where uh, patients come from, uh, a lot of people from northeast will go to Colorado or go to Utah to ski. Well, unfortunately, skiing has a tendency to cause you to also see an orthopedic uh, surgeon right. to fix something. And so, you know, those are the type of things we're, we're looking at, you know, this idea of exchanging data natu- nationally, mm-hmm. it's not, not something that's going to happen every day. Uh, I mean, uh, for a, you know, regular and usual patients, because healthcare happens regionally. Uh, most of my healthcare happens right here in Indianapolis and has for a long time. And you know, if something different comes up that can't be handled, then of course I'll, you know, I'll go to one of the you know, larger ones like MD Anderson or Mayo or Cleveland or something like that. But on a routine basis, other than when people are traveling, you know, that, that data is on kind of a, a, a I need it now basis. And so we need to be able to move that data to them quickly. Uh, so they can they can get it without uh, a lot of uh, friction in the, the transaction, and I don't see any reason that you know we can't use this model. Now, you know, one of your next questions may be: Is this a model that should be used instead of Commonwealth or eCare Quality? And the answer is no. Uh, I think that it's complementary because if you look at the various use cases around interoperability, it's like houses. Not every house is painted the same color, and they're not all built the same either. So there are different needs for, you know, different use cases. Uh, so this is one of those use cases of a patient not being in the region where they typically have care, being able to get to that data without them having to intervene uh, and do anything. Right. So, 
the idea of the patient being in control of their health care, that's still a valid idea. And this does not uh, replace any of those. It's just in addition to uh, you know what's already out there. But I will tell you, we're moving a, a, a lot of transactions uh, to say, do you, you know, we're querying the ex- other exchanges to say, do you have data? Um, and, uh, you know, it's been uh, very uh, interesting to see how many of those patients actually have care outside of their normal region. Now, in Indiana, between the exchange in South Bend and Indianapolis, well, those patients are going to come to Indy for specialty care. We know that. And so... That's kind of a no-brainer, and that's the reason that we had already been working with them collaborative for years. Right. It's another reason why it just makes so much sense for, for these uh, collaborations and then working together because we do see so much travel and things are bound to happen when you're away from home. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's inevitable. Yeah. Okay. Never, never hope that it happens, but uh, it, it does, yeah. particularly if you're going to be on the highway. Oh, yeah. And now as far as like Michiana's HIN and East Tennessee, I imagine that, that you're in contact with them pretty often. Oh, yeah. We, we have uh, monthly calls, and they're actually uh, more frequent when we're, you know, we're setting up doing the technical pieces uh, around that because you know, we want to make sure we do adequate testing mm-hmm. so we don't have any false, uh, false negatives uh, or false positives either. So uh, we'll do a boatload of testing before we start actually moving the live transa- uh, transactions. The interesting thing is this is, you know, the folks at ONC are aware of, of the pilots that we're doing. Uh, they actually uh, funded the, the one uh, for the Heartland, and uh, uh, we're, you know, providing metrics and uh, feedback and updates back to them on a regular basis. Right. And as far as uh, getting, getting those numbers over to them, is it something that happens, like, on, on a continual basis? It's just probably easier now to to be able to compile that information. Oh, yeah. I can tell you exactly how many transactions of what type that we're sharing between each and every one of those, as, as the other pilots can as well. You know, when I read in the press uh, at some of the trade journals and stuff that interoperability is struggling, I really have a, a tendency to say, well, no, not really. I mean, if you're, you're talking about are we, we sending transactions all over the United States on a regular basis, well, no. Uh, we're doing it as an ad-needed basis, but, you know, there's no real reason. You know, this is, these are not like banking transactions that mm-hmm. are moving from uh, the, uh, the Federal Reserve banks and, you know, all, you know they're not like that. Is that, right. you know, like I said, care is provided locally and regionally. Um, and, you know, typically in every state, you know, if you ask anybody that lives there, they can tell you where the major healthcare centers are. In Georgia, it was Atlanta. In Indiana, it's Indianapolis. Uh, and uh, in Illinois, it's Chicago. And so uh, that's where the, you know, the specialty care, you know, the high-end care is actually provided in those, those hubs of, of care. And the you know, community hospitals, you know, they do a great job of taking care of their patients. You know, I worked at one for, you know, 25 years. Uh, but there's always those patients that need to be transferred to a you know higher level of care or need a specialty that's just not available, and those those will go to those regions. And so uh, I don't believe that a lot of what I read about you know interoperability is suffering or if it's it's not working. Now, granted, true. 
uh, if you look at the map of, uh, of where HIEs, you know, health information exchanges are, and there are some white spaces. And we're trying to stitch together a quilt of HIEs so we can exchange data and cover as much of the country as we possibly can uh, doing that way. And then, there's, then that's why you're going to have other options uh, either that may be you know, using the direct model. Uh, to bundle up a CCD or some other document and, and you know, send it through a secure email type of uh, infrastructure. If that's all you got, then that's a whole lot better than nothing. Yeah. But we need to do a better job of coming up with this. And you know, part of the issue is, is that I've also read that there is a lack of standards. Well, I respectfully disagree. There are some gaps that we need to fill, but there are, in some cases, too many standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the, uh, the, the the standard compendium that ONC puts together, uh, you'll see that there are several transaction types or several data types. There are multiple tra- multiple standards for those. Well, pick one. You know, if it's going to be a standard, let's have one because there's nobody holding a gun to any EHR vendor's head saying you have to use this one. And so they could pick whatever that either they're good at or have had experience with, uh, which may be uh, absolutely contrary to what others in the industry are doing. So now we've got uh, two different groups talking two different languages, and they can't they can't share with each other because of that. But if you peel back the layers of the onion, they're still using a standard. And so it's a standard-based transaction. And so uh, I'd, like, I'd like to see, and, and when I say this, the people that know me think I've lost my mind uh, because I don't really think that the, the federal government should be telling us what to do. We, we've had enough of that with meaningful use. But I think that we as an industry need to come together and agree. These are the standards we're going to use. Uh, there's going to be some winners, going to be some losers. Let's concentrate on those and enhance those uh, to take care of the, the use cases rather than having standards that compete with each other. And the other thing, too, is I, a couple of years ago I was at uh, ONC, invited a group of folks to come together to talk about creating a standard uh, feedback loop so the industry can be aware of what standards are out there, who's using them, and, and those type of things. And uh, all the standards bodies were there, and they basically you know, share with ONC, well, we're already doing this, but they're doing it individually, which is fine. But when you have a developer out there that doesn't know if for this code set, uh, is there a standard, they don't, there is no place uh, that they can go look it up. Uh, and so rather than do that, they'll use their own. It could be done locally or it could be done regionally. But now you've got uh, a system or a code or you know, software that's using a set of non-standard descriptors. Uh, rather than something that's standards-based. And so we, we've got some work to do in that. And ONC, uh, Steve Posniak is uh, very expert on, on this stuff, and he's working on it. Uh, but, you know, he has an industry that he's, you know, trying to work with that ONC can influence. Uh, and 
there's no really overarching uh, authority that says you you must and will do this. And so yeah. I, I think there's another way of doing it rather than, you know, doing the big brother thing and saying, you know, you will do is that I think there is a compelling reason for the industry to do it on their own. We just need to go about that work. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.